Whoa. Welcome to Inside the Mind of a Child Genius. In this podcast, we read and analyze stories we wrote as children, delving into the inner workings of a child genius's mind. I'm Joseph. I'm Theo. And what are we reading today, Joseph? Oh, we're reading in... Uh, <laughs> God damn Island, it. Island of the Dinosaurs, right? <laughs> yes, that is right. Nailed it. I almost said Inside the Mind of a Child Genius. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> You did say Island of the Dinosaurs kind of confidently, and I could just edit it down to that much, but I do kind of like having three episodes in a row where you seem like <laughs> you, you have no idea what we're about to do. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. Okay, well, I thought maybe at the beginning of this episode, I could tell a story, another story from the Young Writers Conference. Yes, the Young Writers Conference. What was the point of this conference? <laughs> you ask me that all, like every time I bring it up. I don't know. I don't know, Joseph. I would think that a young writer Just be satisfied with that. <laughs> all right, fine. No one knew, not even the instructors. All right, here's a story from the Young Writers Conference. I wrote Island of the Dinosaurs for the Young Writers Conference. I do remember one thing that we did. Well, actually, I remember three things that we did, and this is one of them. Would you like to hear the story? I want to hear all three. I'll save the other two for later. Oh, okay. I mean, we're going to have a lot of Island of the Dinosaurs episodes. I need to disperse these. You're really stringing me along here with this mysterious Young Writers Conference. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I remember this one thing that we did at the conference where we had different sessions throughout the day. And one of the first ones we did is we paired off into groups of like 15 and we went to different classrooms at this college where they were hosting the Young Writers Conference. And so for, for this activity, I think we had about 30 minutes. I mean, maybe it was an hour, but based on what we did, I think it was probably about 30 minutes. And they told us what we were going to do is we were each going to read our stories out loud to everyone else in the group, which I'm not going to lie. Like, I feel like these college aged... <laughs> no, no, I didn't cry. Okay. Um, I feel like these college aged adults should have realized that's impossible. You know, e even if Wait, all the, the kids' stories are really... were college aged adults? <laughs> yeah. No, they were the hosts finally skipped a grade finally skipped college <laughs> yeah and then they read my story and they were like oh well we made a mistake <laughs> yeah push him back down he actually needs to go back a grade no they, they were like the the mentors there or the teachers they were like college students they were the ones who i guess decided we we're going to sit in a circle and read our stories to each other and so you know we've already done four episodes on this story and we're not even halfway through right so yeah like just my story alone it would have taken the whole period, right? Right. Even if the story is really short, a kid can't read fluently at all. You know what I mean? <laughs> if they're reading out yeah. loud. Like, it would just be so painful for everyone. So, like, I'm sitting there with my, like, 14-page bound paperback of Island of the Dinosaurs, you know, with that iconic front cover. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm thinking, like, this is Theo's time to shine. Everyone's going to love me for this story. Like, everyone's going to be enthralled by my dinosaur epic. Right. But so we're in a circle, and they start on the other side of the circle with this one girl who wrote some story about getting to hang out with Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. <laughs> <laughs> That needs to be our next episode of the podcast. We need we need to hear that one. I know. I, I want to hear that one too. But like, of course, like at the time, you know, like being like a narcissistic, somewhat sociopathic and, you know, as we've established, sexist <laughs> child. Like, I know. I was not having it. Like as soon as she started reading, you know, my eyes are rolling. Like, oh, no. oh my God. Like just like the subject matter. She's reading so slowly. There's no inflection in her voice. I was just like, you trying to put me to sleep. You know, you didn't I, make a scene, did you? 
<laughs> well, the thing is, no, I didn't make a scene, right. but I think they might have noticed my discomfort because, you know, I, I was just like, I quickly lost interest, of course. I need to put an asterisk here and say, I'm not proud of my behavior. I'm not proud that I was immediately dismissive of this girl's story. Right. You were a child. (laughs) I was a child. So like I quickly lose interest. The entire time she's reading her story, I'm just like flipping through Island of the Dinosaurs, picturing how I'm going to read it. Yeah. You know, where I'm going to take a dramatic pause or, you know, maybe where I'm going to look up and make eye contact with someone, you know, at the really (laughs) startling moments. Look up and just stare someone dead in the eye (laughs) after the headless skeleton appears. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) The velociraptors learn how to use a key. (laughs) Look at someone directly in the eyes. I would have loved to go back in time and and be here for that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like unlike this girl who is reading, I understood showmanship. So I was going to make an impression with my story. That's all I'm saying. But I'm doing that. And the whole time I'm glancing back and forth between my story and the clock. I'm stressing out because I'm realizing we're running out of time. Yeah. I'm like going into this hate spiral towards this girl who's reading her story because, (laughs) you know, I'm thinking like this idiot with her asinine story is just (laughs) going to take up all the time. No one's going to hear my story about Island of the Dinosaurs. They're just going to hear about how Mary-Kate and Ashley went to the mall. You're like rolling your eyes because you were thinking my story about Mary-Kate and Ashley is way better. (laughs) Yeah. I went with Mary-Kate and Ashley to the mall and we found a skeleton with no head. (laughs) Yeah. Basically what ends up happening is they have to cut her off. They say, oh, we're just going to have everyone go around the circle and summarize their stories in a few sentences. Oh, no. Yeah. So, you know, I feel totally (laughs) deflated. And then, yeah, but I'm still thinking like, you know. I'll have the best summary. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm pissed, but I can still win them over. Right. So when it gets to me, I I explained that it's a story where people crash a plane into an island and it's full of dinosaurs. I remember not getting the reaction I wanted from that. And then I got really embarrassed. and I looked at the floor and said, like Jurassic Park 3. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, did you summarize it by just saying it's basically Jurassic Park? (laughs) (laughs) But better, (laughs) but but better. You always forget to add the but better, but it's definitely a better story than Jurassic (laughs) Park. (laughs) And then what happened when you said like Jurassic Park. Uh, I I do think one of the college students said, oh, cool. <laughs> oh, nice. Can I borrow your story? I want to read it over the weekend. Yeah, I don't know. Just, I'm just, I love to imagine the idea of fate would have it that I sat on the other side of that circle and I was the only one who read my story, which is like so full of death and just like the most ridiculous logic and just picturing like what all of these kids would be thinking. How, like, how could the college students not just be laughing at I have to say, you're probably better off just summarizing it than if you'd been the one to go. Because I think you would have been more offended if you had started your story and you'd been the one that was cut off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that might have been fuel for some crying. (laughs) Fuel for the tears. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm still so confused by this conference. I wish I knew more about it. Like, I feel like you should go to the conference to write the story not write the story and then go to the conference. You think I could have written this thing all in one day? No, I mean, not this long. But This I is feel Island like of the Dinosaurs I... we're talking about. <laughs> it's true. No, I know what you mean. I feel like you should teach them how to write. There were workshops. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like, Yeah, it was like you would have some guest speaker or something come and tell us, you know, don't forget periods at the end of your sentences or whatever you teach a child about <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> writing. I feel like if anything, this would just lend itself to a lot of kids writing a, writing stories, then going to this conference, 
going to workshops and stuff and then realizing that they wrote a horrible story because they didn't follow any of the (laughs) new things they learned. Honestly, I don't remember how I felt after the Young Writers Conference. I remember I was terrified the whole time I was there because I didn't know anyone. (laughs) I don't think I felt good about it afterwards. All right. Well, should we get to the story? Yeah, let's do it. Where are we at now? Day two? At this point, Reginald, Sheila, and Daryl have split up. Sheila's his mom, right? Yeah, Sheila is Reginald's mom. Daryl is a former pilot, also sort of, you know, it's very subtle, but he's sort of like the love interest of Sheila. You probably haven't picked up on that. Um, <laughs> very subtle. <laughs> yeah. Well, remember they, they had that banter where Sheila was like, why don't you run to the refrigerator? And he went to the refrigerator and she said, damn, I thought he would die. <laughs> That's such great banter. Yeah. You can just feel the sexual tension. <laughs> yeah. I guess I picked up on the fact that he was the love interest because she is a woman and he is a man. That seems (laughs) to be the only indication (laughs) so far. (laughs) So what else do we need to know? Daryl just got attacked by a Quetzalcoatlus, and then he got dropped into a 30-foot hole and something started chewing on his foot. Yeah, so that's what (laughs) happened to him. And so last we heard of Sheila was, we didn't hear much about Sheila. She got chased by the Quetzalcoatlus, but it flew away with Daryl. So she's fine, at least currently, until we start the next paragraph. And then Reginald is going to the seashore with his whole group one of whom is named Puker. (laughs) Right. That's all we know. And that is because only flying dinosaurs can get you on the beach, right? Yes, and let me know how it goes. (laughs) Which, based on what just happened to Daryl, is is probably not a great sign either. (laughs) Yeah, the logic is only flying dinosaurs can get you, so it's safer there. But I bet other kinds of dinosaurs could get you there and... It's not particularly safe because the Quetzalcoatlus is everywhere, as we're about to see in this next paragraph. Ready to go? Let's do it. Yeah, so Reginald is going towards the seashore. Reginald and his gang were searching for the ocean when they stumbled over a valley. (laughs) Pachycephalosaurs, in parentheses, also called Pachys, were in it. So do you know what a pachycephalosaur is, Joseph? Uh, you mean the ones that are also called pachys? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> you don't know what a pachy is either? Uh, basically, it's a dinosaur that stands on two legs, and it has a big, uh, hard skull. Presumably, it would ram other dinosaurs with it if it was getting angry or something like that. Oh, yeah. I remember these from when I was a kid. They basically are like battering rams yeah. that are also dinosaurs. So, yeah, all of these pachycephalosaurs were in this valley that they stumbled over. So the next sentence is, they turned around and looked at some loose dirt because something had just happened to it. <laughs> Ooh, the suspense. See, I, I don't think I would turn around. I don't think i notice if something happens to some dirt. <laughs> yeah, I would assume that they turned around because they heard a noise from something disturbing the dirt, not just some <laughs> loose dirt moving behind them that somehow they saw. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just think it's so funny. You know, so far, this island has proved to have dinosaurs everywhere, constantly, always <laughs> threatening your life. Yeah. And everybody's just going to turn around and stare directly at the ground and look at some <laughs> dirt. I'd be keeping my oh, head on this one. Something has disturbed this dirt on an island full of dinosaurs. I wonder <laughs> yeah. what could have disturbed this dirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they're looking at the dirt. It says they looked at some dirt because something had just happened to it. It went up, then down, up, then down. Do you know what's about to happen, Joseph? <laughs> That's a Quetzalcoatlus, baby. That's your <laughs> iconic 
image. That's the iconic image. <laughs> Getting a lot of mileage out of this iconic image. Things going up and down. <laughs> uh, would, it, would a flying dinosaur over loose dirt make the dirt go straight vertical and straight down <laughs> like it's hopping? I have no idea. I don't know. I have a feeling it would be more like a when a helicopter lands and dust just shoots in every direction around it. Like that, right? Yeah, that's probably more Flying over, it would just shoot the loose dirt around. Yeah, not just up and down, up and down. (laughs) Again, it's... Can I... Wait, I just wanted to point out that the last time this happened with the grass, that was the last paragraph. (laughs) In two paragraphs in a row, the same thing happens with this iconic image. (laughs) Um, Okay, so then it says... You've got to really burn it into your reader's mind. I mean, this is the last (laughs) time I mention it, I think, so... Oh, (laughs) (laughs) You were probably really excited to get to this part when you were reading in front of the Young Writers Conference. (laughs) That's when you would have put the dramatic pause. The dirt's going up and down. Then you would have looked around the circle. You know, it's about to happen, Do a little eyebrow wiggle. Yeah. Yeah, so it says the dirt went up and down, up and down. And then something is flying above us, said Tyler, Reginald's new friend, in parentheses, puker. (laughs) Quetzalcoatlus probably, said Reginald. It took a few moments to figure out why the dirt was doing that, so it got a head start on them. They <laughs> What kind of head start? It sounds like it just flew over them. I know, it's very confusing. <laughs> I was picturing it's just sort of hovering above them. Oh, okay. And they're just looking at the dirt, watching it do something. I don't, I don't know. Like, maybe this is one of the Quetzalcoatlus's ambush attack techniques is it makes everyone focus on what is the dirt doing as it's soaring straight down it's a trap yeah (laughs) it's a trap once again another trap i guess we can point out a few funny things about that the narrator is finally calling puker by his real name tyler (laughs) but the narrator is still pointing out that it is puker in parentheses reginald still has not ever called him puker still only the narrator has called him puker the parenthetical couldn't have just said the kid who puked like he does have to use the mean name he made up about the kid right (laughs) remember we did say that it seemed like the narrator got admonished by reginald at the end of the last paragraph that he was in kind of passive aggressively yeah (laughs) isn't it funny that yeah it seems like the narrator was like okay i guess you're right but i'm still putting his his (laughs) sick burn in parentheses (laughs) yeah maybe if i do it in a in parentheses reginald won't notice (laughs) yeah (laughs) sick burn this is this is a great way for the for the main character who's just like this kind of hero figure to maintain his purity and be above all of this <laughs> petty name calling but yeah. still get it in there. I didn't say it. Instead of introducing another character who's a jerk who yeah. calls him this. Instead the narrator's the jerk. I mean this is also good because on this extremely dangerous island full of dinosaurs is likely that the name calling person would get eaten right? So right. we're lucky that it's the narrator so he can keep calling people names throughout the whole story. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yeah. If this were a story written by Daniel, the narrator would get eaten. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then Alibaba has to tell the rest of the story. <laughs> yeah, and he would argue with Merlin the whole time. Yeah, no, exactly. I think we should call him Puker. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Daniel. Yeah, big shout out. <laughs> yeah, once again, they see the dirt moving and they say something is flying above us. And rather than looking up, 
Reginald says, it's probably a Quetzalcoatlus. That's exactly <laughs> what happened in the previous paragraph with Daryl and Sheila. Nothing to worry about. Just like the largest flying dinosaur that could <laughs> down and kill us at any moment. I'm also kind of confused about the word head start because you would imagine that means they started at the same place. Yeah, head start indicates it's a race <laughs> yeah. and it's ahead of you. Right. <laughs> if I were being chased by someone, I wouldn't be worried if they had a head start because being chased <laughs> indicates that they're behind me. That, yeah, I guess the people have the head start no matter what yeah yeah i don't know uh yeah so the quetzalcoatl the quetzalcoatl has a head start on them and then it says they ran and ran until they reached the valley and stopped it was still following them they ran into the valley the packies were trying to guard their young so they ran into them <laughs> Let me keep going. None really hit, but they came pretty close. The Quetzalcoatlus grabbed... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll stop. I'll stop there. <laughs> what are you laughing about? No, just the way it's written. I thought you were saying that they just came into the valley and there were these dinosaurs protecting their young. So Reginald and Puker and his gang ran at the dinosaurs because they were protecting their young. Because they were like, the Packies were trying to guard their young, so they ran into them. (laughs) Fuck you, Packies, trying to guard your young. Yeah, trying to guard your young. Not on my watch. When I first read it, I thought it was saying the Packies were trying to guard their young, so they ran into them, them being their young. (laughs) It's like so confusing. Yeah, there's a lot of ways that can be misinterpreted, yeah. Like what they're doing is headbutting, right? They're ramming, but it just says they ran into them. <laughs> just like body checking them yeah. or something. I don't, I don't really know. And I feel like run into typically kind of implies that it's an you accident. didn't see it. Yeah, like you like <laughs> yeah. run into a wall, you fall over. I'm just imagining these dinosaurs like running at these people and be like, oh shit, <laughs> like kind of running into Reginald and them falling over. <laughs> oh, sorry, dude. I was just trying to guard my young. I didn't realize you were there. <laughs> When I'm guarding my young, I just run <laughs> without looking in random directions. <laughs> yeah. I can't think of a better way to do it. Yeah, and I love that it says the packies were trying to guard their young, so they ran into them. None really hit, but they came pretty close. It's like the author of the story is saying nothing really happened, but it could have. <laughs> it's kind of like in, in movies when like the good guy runs through gunfire and there's like people shooting machine guns at him from every direction and yeah, somehow right. he comes out completely unscathed. Yeah, the bullets are trying to guard their young. Like how incompetent would these dinosaurs look? <laughs> just like, like a group of kids, basically. I guess there are some adults just walking through this valley and they're just missing them <laughs> left and right. <laughs> Yeah, and just leaving their babies totally vulnerable. (laughs) (laughs) The adults are just falling over. (laughs) They're really scary dinosaurs, but they have like zero depth perception. I mean, I assume they do have pretty small brains (laughs) if most of their head is a thick skull for ramming into things. That's true. That's just my little insult I wanted to (laughs) hurl towards the Pachycephalosaurus for some reason. Naturally, evolutionarily, it was a good idea to remove the parts of their brains responsible for direction and... (laughs) Not running into things. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Should I keep going? Uh, yes. Yeah, so the Packies are trying to guard their young, so they're running into them. And then it says... Not really, but they're getting pretty close. (laughs) You're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Um, Then it says, the Quetzalcoatl has grabbed a baby for feeding. Oh. Life was the punishment. (laughs) 
get this boy to a therapist. <laughs> like, what was wrong with me? So, uh, are you saying that the punishment? Wait, okay. I have no idea what this means. The Quetzalcoatlus is eating a baby. I think so. I'm assuming this is a baby Pachyphilosaurus. Not a baby human, right? Yeah, that's. it's not totally clear, but yeah, I think it's a baby dinosaur. <laughs> One of their group isn't just a baby hanging out with them. Yeah, right. And then the punishment is taking a life. I think so. I, like, I think it should be death was the punishment, not life was the punishment. <laughs> right, Yeah. Also, what did the what did these dinosaurs do to the Quetzalcoatlus? Like, what? Why is he punishing them? <laughs> I don't know why, why, why do they need to be punished? <laughs> yeah, I think he's just an <laughs> asshole who thinks he's like better than they are or something. Life um, was the punishment. Life was the. I mean, I also love the sentence: the Quetzalcoatlus grabbed a baby for feeding. Like, I, I'm picturing. <laughs> I say to my roommates, "Oh, by the way, I grabbed one of your onions for feeding. I'll buy you another one when I go to the grocery store." <laughs> Yes. Okay. So it says the Quetzalcoatlus grabbed a baby for feeding. Life was the punishment. And then it says the Packies rammed once and it let the baby down. One Packy picked it up and carried it away from danger. <laughs> Twice the flying creature's wing got a hole in it. The third time the Packies <laughs> what? Quit laughing. Sorry. The third time the Packies banned it from flying again. Then finally the fourth time. <laughs> Sorry, no, they, go ahead. They broke its skull and smashed its brain. <laughs> okay, then finally the fourth time they broke its skull and smashed its brain. There was nothing left but the body. <laughs> yeah, so it's just a carcass now. Brain is smashed. Okay, so now I'm realizing, I think when it says life was the punishment, is it's the Packies are punishing the Quetzalcoatlus. By taking its life. Yeah, by taking its life. So really, death was the punishment. <laughs> yeah, death. Yeah, still, death was the punishment, but it was the punishment for the Quetzalcoatlus. Yeah. Okay. It should have been like life was the payment, maybe. Yeah, that makes more sense. Life was the punishment. I'm just trying to break down what happened. These dinosaurs rammed into the Quetzalcoatlus, and it drops the baby on on hit number one. Okay. Yep. One of the packies picked it up and carried it away from danger. Yes. Good. Solid move. Twice the flying creature's wing got a hole in it. <laughs> I'm assuming that means the second hit created a hole in the the dinosaur's wing. Yeah, and it, it's like super passive voice. Twice the flying cre- creature's wing got a hole in it. Like, oh, no, the packies aren't guilty. <laughs> they didn't do yeah, that's what it's saying is the second time. Because otherwise, it's weird to say twice the flying creature's wing got a hole in it. Like, twice it got one hole. Yeah. You know, that's kind of weird. Also, I mean, I'm just trying to like, I'm, I'm sure there is some biological explanation for this. And I know the Quetzalcoatlus is pretty big, mm-hmm. but these Pachyphilosauruses, they're pretty big too, right? So I'm trying to figure out how this thing ran through its wing and created a hole in its wing. I guess it's just that much bigger. Yeah, so I don't know. I think, I mean, the wing, it has a 40-foot wingspan. So I could imagine the head of a 16-foot dinosaur is is only large enough to smash a hole through the wing, not to completely destroy the wing. Okay, and the right? but the Quetzalcoatlus, most of the images I can find of it, it's about the size of a giraffe. Like, it compares yeah. them to the size of, the, of a giraffe. I don't, what's the problem here? They rammed the wings, they got a hole in them. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, sorry, I, I feel like I'm uh, going overboard with this. 
So this thing ran through one of the wings to create a hole. Yeah, I think Got so. It. Actually, now, yeah, I'm trying to picture this now. It, it ran through the wing with its head to make a hole. I feel like this is one of those things that you see, you would see it like, I don't know, a carnival or something where you stick your head through and take a picture and it's like, <laughs> it's a cartoon character's body. Like that is sort of what happened to this Pachycephalosaurus. His head just got stuck through the hole. And then another Pachy took a picture and yeah, it right. backed out. <laughs> so the creature's already got a hole in its wing. It's probably not going to fly again. But the third time it gets hit, the Packies banned it from flying again. <laughs> and of course, banned is spelled B-A-N-D. No right. reason why it shouldn't be. I, I like the word banned. Remember, Elidor is going to be banned here too. <laughs> That's true. I like the word. I don't know how to use it correctly, grammatically <laughs> or spelling wise. Um, and what, yeah. what I like about the the fourth hit is it kind of reminds me of in Daniel's story in Jabba Nuba when they're, wait, no, it's Shing is talking to October and he says that he's going to like cut his head off and cut it into pieces. <laughs> it just yeah. seems so superfluous. Here, they broke its skull and smashed its brain. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah, right. Just to make sure there was nothing left but the body. I mean, come now, nothing left? What about the memories? <laughs> Hey, it's going to be a skeleton with no head. You're you're into that, so. Yeah, right. But Aketsuquatilus died. That's pretty uh, impressive as far as that seems to be the only bad guy in the story, and one of them has fallen. Yeah. They seemed pretty invincible up to now. It's true. They're not in short supply, though. Oh, boy. All right, so moving on to the next paragraph. So to remind you, Daryl has just been dropped into a 30-foot pit, and something started munching on his foot. So here we go. Daryl jumped and jumped, trying to get out, but these things just kept biting and biting. He felt one latch onto his leg, and he grabbed it. A baby Quetzalcoatlus. Oh. He pushed his way through the hole until he found sunlight. He was about to jump when he noticed <laughs> one thing. Big fall. Big fall. <laughs> Isn't that great? Just like caveman brain. <laughs> oh, big fall. <laughs> Oh, I thought, okay, that makes more sense. I thought you were saying that he, that that was the action that happened next. There was a big <laughs> fall. But no, what he noticed was a big fall. Yeah, he noticed, he, yeah, if he jumped, there would be a big fall. Okay. Okay, here's what I don't, don't understand. He fell into a 30-foot pit. I'm, this is the Quetzalcoatlus' nest, right? Yeah. It must be if they're, yeah. What does it mean by he pushed his way through the hole until he found <laughs> sunlight? Where is the hole? That makes no sense because he's trying to jump out of the hole and then, which first of all, like, come on, man, yeah. you have to know you can't just jump out of a 30 foot hole. Like when he's just standing there jumping up and down. Like Third time's the charm. <laughs> yeah. He's jumping like maybe a foot in the air. And so instead he decides to just go out the exit apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He sees the lit up exit sign and just walks over there and just leaves. Well, yeah, it says he pushed his way through the hole. I guess there was a small hole that he had to push his way through okay. until he found sunlight. So he was about to jump out when he noticed one thing, big fall. And so then, I'm assuming if there's a, if, he, if that's the case, then the nest is on like an eagle's nest, like on the side of a cliff sort of. And so he's like gotten out of the nest, but just found himself on the edge of a cliff. Yeah, I, I think he's actually in a tree. Okay. So I think he's not fully out of the nest. I think he's looking out of the little hole and looking down. He's in a tree with a 30 foot hole in it. I, maybe they built the nest out of twigs and stuff and made a 30 foot tall nest out of twigs. With a nice little exit. 
in case you are a human and want to get out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the nice little exit in case the food wants to escape the nest. Unless it can't handle a big fall. Yeah. So he's about to jump out when he knows one thing, big fall. There were no tree branches on that side. The bushes looked like a good place to jump. But of course, he couldn't jump 20 feet. He jumped. <laughs> <laughs> he jumped. <laughs> Man, Daryl is not a very smart guy. First, he's in a 30-foot hole, and he thinks he can just jump out of it. Then he notices a big drop-off, and he says, big fall. And then he says, I can't jump 20 feet. Whatever. Fuck it. I'm going to jump anyway. YOLO. Couldn't jump 30 feet, but maybe I could jump 20. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just the narrator is like, but of course, he couldn't jump 20 feet. And then he like looks over his shoulders like, oh my gosh, he's jumping. Oh my God, he jumped. <laughs> gosh, I'm worried about this. Yeah. And then this is hilarious after this. So he jumps and it says he would have reached the bushes if this Ankylosaur hadn't have been in the way. (laughs) So no. I need another I need another dinosaur uh look up. I'm assuming this is not a flying dinosaur. Because that might make sense. No, so what's (laughs) happening is he's thinking he's going to jump down into the bushes 20 feet away and he can't make it, but then actually it turns out he could have made it, except there was an ankylosaur in the way that doesn't get mentioned. (laughs) That's floating in the air. This is a 20 to 26 foot long club tailed dinosaur that's standing in front of the bushes. Oh, didn't see that there. Yeah, it's like quite a large reptile <laughs> to just be like, oh, I bet I can jump 20. Oh, shit, there's a dinosaur in the way. <laughs> yeah, so for the record, the Ankylosaurus is the one with the tail that's got a big club on the end of it. Now that I'm looking at pictures, I remember this dinosaur. Yeah, and it has armor on its back and it's 20 to 26 feet long. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Daryl could jump 20 feet in the end. It was just that this dinosaur was in the way. (laughs) So it was only the narrator that doubted him. But also, what happened to the big fall? That's still part of it, right? Like, he still jumped down quite a bit. I know. And probably landed on this dinosaur, it sounds like. (laughs) This armored, spiked dinosaur. (laughs) Yes. And then, okay. And then the next sentence is hilarious. Okay, so it says, he would have reached the bushes if this ankylosaur hadn't have been in the way. That was not good to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That was not good (laughs) to do that. So I know that we've been, we've been talking about possibly doing some kind of merge. I would buy anything that just says that was not good to do that on it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm picturing it's a, it's a picture of an ankylosaur with a passed out (laughs) Daryl on the ground next to it. It says that was not good to do that. (laughs) <laughs> and maybe it has a um maybe it has like a a little measure for scale that says 20 feet above it. <laughs> yeah, on the on the x-axis it says 20 feet and on the y-axis it says big fall. Big fall. <laughs> and the ankylosaur takes up most of that area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Should I keep going? I'm actually making a note to myself. That was not good to do that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so yeah, so he he would have reached the bushes, but the ankylosaur was in the way. <laughs> that was I not just good. Read the next <laughs> so that was not good to do that. And then it says it made a noise, <laughs> sort of like a honk from a goose. It did this three times. <laughs> Why am I describing this in so much detail? Yeah, I'm okay. still wondering if Daryl is alive. <laughs> yeah, now we're hearing about the noise the Inklingsworth makes. Okay, it made a noise, sort of like a honk from a goose. It did this three times and then stopped. 
He saw a tree <laughs> fall down in the woods and got up. <laughs> the ankylosaur put his tail around Dariel and pulled in. Dariel struggled. A herd of ankylosaurs came over. None were mad. They just looked at him in awe. <laughs> Hopefully in awe. Okay, I was wondering if they were mad. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta try that one more time. None of them were mad. They just looked at him in awe. Hopefully in awe. <laughs> like how many times in this story am I going to contradict myself? Am I going to say something and then be like, wait, actually, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> oh my God. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really like the narrator has no confidence. It's like they're saying, so yeah, this is what happened. Oh, wait. Uh, hopefully that's what happened. I, I mean, I, I've been wrong before. <laughs> yeah, the narrator definitely seems like they're just experiencing this just as much as the reader is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope that was in awe. I don't know, guys. <laughs> I'm as confused as you are. <laughs> okay. I mean, I guess the only thing I was going to say is just that sort of like a honk from a goose <laughs> is a great sentence because you could have just said it honked three times which is just such a weird concept anyway a person just like falls under this giant dinosaur and then it honks like a goose three times this just sounds like a cartoon like (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it all could have been one sentence like it could have said it made a sound like a honk of from a goose three times and then stopped or something I, i don't know it's just so much funnier that it's three sentences it made a sound sort of like a honk from a goose it did this three times and stopped. <laughs> <laughs> but by the way, that was not good to do that. <laughs> Why wasn't it good to do that? We still don't really know. Yeah, he apparently survived this big fall and 20 foot jump, which is like super <laughs> far jump. <laughs> yeah, a super far jump. When it doesn't seem like he was able to get a running start. I don't know why that was not good to do that. Yeah. Okay. It's actually just more impressive that he survived that when I'm looking at pictures of this dinosaur now and their entire back is covered in spikes i know it just looks like a weapon mixed with a lizard you know yeah god and then the end of this paragraph i could not stop laughing when i read this okay yeah so all the ankylosaurs came over they were looking at him in awe hopefully in awe and then the biggest one pulled dariel on his back made a seatbelt with his tail and started walking off somewhere dariel had soon figured out where their mating grounds. Here, I'm, I'm going to cue some royalty-free sexy music. <laughs> like, doesn't this kind of sound like Daryl is about to go have some, like, dino sex or something? It does. This definitely seems like something that a child would find very funny. That <laughs> you were going to witness dinosaurs having sex. That's like the peak of child humor. <laughs> so you don't think it sounds like Daryl is going to be having sex with the dinosaurs? Oh, no, it definitely does. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. Because why would they be taking him there if they're going to the mating ground? (laughs) Also, it definitely puts a different spin on the hopefully in awe sentence. (laughs) Like, I hope they were staring at him in awe. Like, these dinos horny or what? I don't don't know. (laughs) (laughs) These dinos horny or what? Um, You know what? I think this is our second book that we've read that could potentially be classified as erotic fiction (laughs) (laughs) that's true yeah i've done it twice right this the title of your story is island of the dinosaurs subtitle are these dinos horny or what (laughs) (laughs) you want to smash 
Um, I mean, it would just be called Island of the Dinosaurs, the Ankylosaur Mating Grounds. If if it were split up into a series, that would be one of mm. the titles, the Ankylosaur Mating Grounds. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, say you want to smash and, you know, have an Ankylosaur smashing. Because, <laughs> yeah, that's too good. Well, now I'm thinking, like, should it have been Triceratops? So I could have said these dinos horny and it would have worked a little better as a pun. <laughs> yeah, that, that would have done better. I'm trying to think of other dinosaur related, um, sex puns, sex puns or innuendos is a, is a better way to, to say it. Um, um, horny's good. Cause a lot of dinosaurs have horns. Something about getting some tail would have to be Ooh, <laughs> something for the diplodocus for the mighty diplodocus with its whip like tail. <laughs> The di- obviously for the Diplodocus. <laughs> that's what I was referring to. Damn it, you keep making me have to look up dinosaurs. <laughs> I did. I felt like a wave of, oh my God, you're a nerd <laughs> when I said that and realized that, oh God, he's not going to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it does have a very weird tail that gets very thin for some reason. Yeah, supposedly it could whip its tail at the speed of sound. Wow. So it's it actually kind of worked like a whip, I bet. Yeah. It's pretty neat. Little BDSM sort of stuff <laughs> with the Diplodocus. Everybody knows the Diplodocus was the kinky one of the dino community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this is a kinkless season. Oh, shit. You're right. Yeah. yeah. We We've really messed it up this episode. We had to cut all this out. <laughs> we probably should cut all this out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know, but I feel like we should be free to talk about this stuff. Maybe season two is just a little too restrictive. <laughs> this is 2021. We can talk <laughs> yeah. about dino sex. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, season two. We're going to talk about whatever we want. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm suddenly inspired, Joseph. I'm kind of tired of season two. Oh, we need to go to season three? <laughs> yeah, do you want to just cut to season three where we can be kinky again? Yeah, can we please? <laughs> <laughs> All right, season three is starting now. Yeah, so them dinos horny, right? <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what else to say about that. Let's do the next little paragraph, and then I think we can be done. Done already? Wow. Okay. Time flies when you're reading about dinosaurs. That's what everyone at the Young Writers Conference would have thought. You hadn't just told them it was basically Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now we're going back to Sheila and her group. And keep in mind, they all just witnessed Daryl get picked up by a Quetzalcoatl... Quetzalcoatlus picked up and taken away. So Sheila's talking. She says, we have to go look for Daryl, Sheila said. Why do we have to find him? Roseanne (laughs) asked. It's really dangerous going around calling out names. Roseanne has a point, though. <laughs> I mean, if the way they're going to look for him is to just spread out and yell Daryl. Remember when I, in the a few paragraphs ago, and Reginald is like, well, we don't want to just be calling out so-and-so and so-and-so, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I just think it's funny. The only way I could conceive of people finding each other is you're just yelling their name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's really dangerous to go out and calling names. And then Sheila looked at her. And answered, he is the only one that knows about dinosaurs, isn't he? That's news. <laughs> <laughs> I know, didn't they have a paleontologist with them? <laughs> yeah. One of the people's jobs was they were a paleontologist. He's the only one that knows about dinosaurs? Who in the world doesn't know about dinosaurs? <laughs> <laughs> about dinosaurs? <laughs> yeah, so I actually just looked up. It says Janet was a paleontologist. Oh. So Sheila is telling the paleontologist. No, it's Roseanne? Who the hell is Roseanne? Yeah, Roseanne. Sorry, Janet comes up later. Sheila 
keeps having these sort of antagonistic relationships with the other women in the story. You'll you'll find that that's a common theme. Roseanne was an oceanographer. Okay, so anyway, Sheila looks at her and answers, he's the only one that knows about dinosaurs, isn't he? And then Roseanne, totally disregarding Sheila, says, <laughs> I see a way to get out of here. Roseanne answered. <laughs> That's the wrong verb. <laughs> Pointing to the cliffs with a stream going through them. We'll make a boat, she said happily. I mean, I guess she is an oceanographer, so... so um, the girl knows she about knows boats. how to make boats. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to say about this. Yeah, Sheila wanted to go find Daryl. Roseanne says we're going to make a boat. That's all that happens in this paragraph. Not that interesting. Not very interesting. Is that a disappointing place to end the episode? <laughs> A little bit. I think the mating grounds might have been a more interesting place to end the episode. Well, I'll just cue the music again here so that people <laughs> get back in that zone. Okay, well, that is Island of the Dinosaurs. So Reginald's near the ocean. Yeah. Sheila's well, talking about making a boat to get to the ocean, so they might run into each other. Yeah, good thinking. And then Daryl is just, oh my God, that guy's fucked. <laughs> Daryl is somehow alive after <laughs> yeah. jumping presumably hundreds of feet onto an Ankylosaurus back. What a great story. What a coherent story. It's great. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope you laughed a little. I hope you took it seriously as well. Make sure you head over to Smashwords and rate and review all of our books. We love getting those ratings and reviews for our books. You can find all sorts of them on there. I'm actually wondering if Smashwords is ever going to notice and then delete all of them. Do you think they would? <laughs> that's coming. Yeah, that'll, that's definitely going to happen. <laughs> to be fair, though, they're very small. So hopefully that's how we fly under the radar is just keeping them a very small <laughs> There's size. There's just a few pages in between yeah. the other books. They don't take any server space on their end. So, <laughs> Oh, my God. I just had a thought. If we, ever, if we make it to episode 150, no, that's too far, 100, we need to... <laughs> get the creator of Smashwords on the podcast as a guest. Wow. That is a surefire way to get all of our content taken off of Smashwords. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, good point. Well, we could say we're, I mean, we're, we're doing more promotion for Smashwords than anyone else. That's true. <laughs> so they should love us for this. We hadn't even heard of it until we had to find a place to put yeah. up our stories. <laughs> and honestly, that's where I met some of my best friends, Beth Sadler, <laughs> to name one. Um, but <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah. We could go on. <laughs> yeah. But that, that's it. I'm calling the shot. Episode 100. We're getting the creator of Smashwords on Inside the Mind of a Child Genius. Get ready. We're doing it. <laughs> Get ready for an episode that will come out a very long time from now. But start getting ready. <laughs> yeah. Make preparations. Yeah. Be sending in the questions you want us to ask the Smashwords creator. And if anyone happens to know them, that would be really helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we really love audience engagement. Yeah. We want to be engaged to you. So. Send us emails, just tons of emails to childgeniuspodcast at gmail.com. We want everything. We want fan theories about these stories. We want fan art. We want fan fiction. We want, we just want fans. <laughs> that got really sad. Please. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anything else? Am I forgetting anything with that? Erotic dinosaur fiction. Yeah. Send us what you think happened at, that, at those mating grounds and don't skimp on the illustrations. Yes. <laughs> send us your, your scams. Send us your spams. Send us your own stories because we need more material. <laughs> yeah, that, that. And please tell your friends and family about this podcast because that's really, you know, that's the best way to get the word out is word of mouth. But there is one other way you could help us. Only one. Yeah. And it's even better. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. 
You really built it up now. So, listener, <laughs> just go around telling everyone that we're beefing with Drake. Oh, Because that nice. seems to help lots of musical artists. <laughs> if they beef with Drake, they get a lot of press. Um, also, if you are Drake, put out a diss track about us, because that will help too. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> and we'll put out a beef episode about you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe we should start with that. <laughs> We're waiting for his diss track for us to respond. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've got all our disses ready to go. It's You make the first move, Drake. <laughs> right, yeah. We're just waiting at the drop of a hat to come at you, dude. <laughs> Actually, no. Next beef episode, we should make beef with Drake. We should. You want to do it? Yeah, let's do it. That's it. So I assume you don't know much about Drake. You're probably going to do some research. I know <laughs> a little bit about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, huge Drake fan. you don't know shit about Drake. Kidding. <laughs> he's, uh, he's from Canada. Bet you didn't know that. I knew he was from Toronto. <laughs> so he wears shorts but... in the, even in the winter. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> That's our first diss. Yeah, I bet if you moved to an American school, Hankin would be beating the shit out of you every day, Drake. <laughs> yeah, Drake. <laughs> <laughs> You'd end up a skeleton with no head at the top of a tree. Yeah. You'd uh, have sex with an ankylosaur. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, unprotected sex, and you wouldn't mention that there was a baby <laughs> involved. What has become of this podcast? What have we done? <laughs> well, that's sort of based on a Drake beef that already did exist. <laughs> that didn't come out of nowhere. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I was going to say, you came up with that way too fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if I had if I had said that about you on the next beef episode, beefing with you, that would have been very weird. But I think with Drake, he'll get it. Yeah, he'll get it. Yeah, he'll get it. <laughs> yeah. So, oh yeah, just let's just remind him of our names real quick. I'm Theo. I'm an ankylosaur having sex with Drake. <laughs> Name Joseph. <laughs> I'm an ankylosaur having unprotected sex with Drake. Okay. Here's another diss. If if Drake comes at us, then he'll think that was not good to do that <laughs> yeah. after he does. Oh, yeah. He'll be like, oh, shit. <laughs> they must know about me and the ankylosaurs. <laughs> Oh, All right, we got to save some of this for the next beef episode. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We've got too much good material. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Drake and his illegitimate children with dinosaurs. Okay. So now we just have to get to the outro song. Here we go. Here's the outro song. <laughs> All right. Podcast quality through the roof. Yeah. We're just starting to make random sound effects with our mouths. I should have turned the, the outro song into three honks like a goose. No, that'll be the count off. That's what I'll do. I'll find a clip of a goose. And I'll make that the count off. I guess I also have to leave my leave in my do 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 that I did. Well, no, I I'll, I'll just we'll do another theme song now. Here's the goose. Here's the theme song. Okay. Here's the goose. All right. <laughs> Good. Got the goose in there. <laughs> Sorry, it's an ankylosaur. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like a goose. Okay. I guess right. we're done. We're done. Shutting it down. Shutting this shit down. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.